this was the last vision the Lord gave me back in 2008 before he gave me the rest of these. But this was the last one. And he said, that's my end time church. And you notice there's no darkness. Remember the word darkness. They have no darkness. They are dead people, but alive to God. Now God says, now ask me for the nations and I will give them to you. So I know a lot of us and a lot of churches have asked for the nations and nations never showed up. God's not going to add the nations to like-minded people as the nations. He's looking for a different people. So that fire, that fire consumes everything that's in the way of love. And within that fire are three fires. This is important. There's three fires here that make up that whole fire of glory. He said he would put a wall of fire around Zion and his glory would rest within it. That's our goal. So fires within the three. I call that the apostolic purification. The apostolic purification. You'll know where you are and where you're going and what you may have to repeat because we didn't yield to the fire. The first fire is a cleansing fire. It's a cleansing fire. It's burning everything up that's in the way of manifestation, that's in the way of unconditional love, that's in the way of God manifesting. The second is the power to transform, to equip, and demonstrate. And how you know that you are truly demonstrating in God's will, there will be a manifestation. A manifestation of what? Well, his person. A good sign of his person is signs, wonders, and miracles. A good sign of his person is a supernatural rest that comes on you, a heaviness. That's how you know. And, you know, you wonder why it's so heavy sometimes that you can hardly get up. That's the weight of his authority resting on you. Um, but read Joel 2, 28 through 32. And then, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and upon the maid servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said. And among the remnant of survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. The remnant. That was Joel 2, 28 through 32. And I don't know how many times I've heard ministers say, that it's already happened. It has not happened. Has it happened? No, it hasn't happened. What releases God to release this prophecy is the third fire. And that's the gathering of the remnants. Those who will gather together without competition, but honor one another and honor their gifts beyond theirs. Then you'll experience the great outpouring. We have not experienced that here. We've experienced visitations, but we have not experienced an abiding of God because there's still competition. So the first fire does what? It cleanses away what's in the way of love. If a man hates, he is in darkness. Now keep that in mind, the word darkness. How much darkness can a Christian have? How is it measured? How much demonic activity 
can a Christian have in their life? Darkness blocks four things. Discernment. Now, you can be discerning, but it won't be the discernment of God. So darkness blocks discernment, blocks experiencing God beyond salvation, beyond being saved. Let's put it this way. We have not experienced God beyond being saved. We bumped into Jesus and got saved. We haven't met him yet. Number three, it blocks vision. Darkness blocks vision. So if your vision is being blocked from God's vision through you, then the enemy is going to give you a vision. And you'll think it's God because it's a vision. And number four, darkness blocks intimacy with God. It blocks intimacy. So you remember when Israel left Egypt, but Egypt never left Israel. So we see in the church that Christians had left the environment of darkness, but darkness never left the Christian, as we can see in this vision. This man was conveyed out of darkness. I think it's in Colossians. He was conveyed from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. John 3, 8 through 10. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, to destroy, to loosen and dissolve the works the devil has done. No one born begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. For God's nature abides in him. His principle of life, the divine sperm, remains permanently within him. And he cannot practice sinning because he is born begotten of God. By this it is made clear who take their nature from God and are his children and who take their nature from the devil and are his children. No one who does not practice righteousness, who does not conform to God's will and purpose, thought and action is of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother, his fellow believer in Christ. Isn't that awesome? That kind of sums it up. Is that our struggle is not to win. Our struggle is to occupy. When Jesus said, occupy till I come back. So we see the church taking on the character of the devil as well as the character of God because we have both. All we have to do is yield to one or the other because both of these kingdoms need human cooperation to manifest. If the devil is thoroughly defeated, then how is it he gets such easy access into my life? Because we have a God that knows no defeat. He knows no defeat. He has no enemy because there's no opponent worthy of him. He has no enemy because he has no opponent worthy. But we have an enemy because Jesus said it. He said, when you accept me, you inherit an adversary. What is darkness? We talked about fire. We're talking about darkness. We're talking about light. Yeah. The third one is the gathering of the remnants for those who will gather. And then the outpouring happens. So you see the remnants are gathering. People you hadn't seen all your life, and they come through your door, and you've known them forever. So what is darkness? The Bible says darkness is ignorance. Darkness is ignorance. And there is a level of power God has allowed the enemy to operate in. 
And we got to know this. If I don't know my enemy and how he works, I'll never get the victory. You got to know how these demons work. We do not fall into sin. We fall from glory, but we don't fall into sin. We plan it. I don't know one sin that hadn't been planned because I was a good planner when I was lost. I had my strategies. Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Now, which heart is he talking about? The cardia. He said, watch over your cardia, for out of it produce the rivers of life. So your cardia is your soul, your subconsciousness. Rivers are already in us. Actually, it's a river that's in us coming from the throne of God. It departs in the four river heads after it comes through the four courts of the soul. So he says, watch over your heart so out of it can flow rivers of living water. Luke eleven thirty four and 35. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye, your conscience, is sound and fulfilling its office, your whole body is full of light. But when it is not sound and is not fulfilling its office, your body is full of darkness. Be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness. If then your entire body is illuminated, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright with light, as when a lamp, when its bright rays give you light. So this is the man full of light, because he's operating in this glory. He's moving in all these dimensions as the world needs it. Because we are the answer to the world. Now notice those verses said, don't let light become darkness in you. I read that verse, I don't know, for 20 years and never could understand it. How could my light be dark? Luke eleven thirty six, and uh, And what do you say about the office? This is, this is key right here. Just read it again. Your eye is the lamp of your body when your eye, your conscience, is sound and fulfilling its office. Stop right there. So the, the eye is sound and fulfilling its office when you look into a person's eyes you ought to be able to see eternity like you just want to get lost in those eyes if you don't then they're operating in a level of darkness but the office because this is twofold he said make sure your light is beaming from your eyes so what he's talking about in that verse is make sure that the light that's projecting is also fulfilling his authority because an office is a position of authority and that's why the fivefold has never really worked in a lot of churches because it's been handicapped either by not being five but three, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, or it's been five and not sanctified and useful for the master's use. Because if you've got a pure fivefold, you have the same power coming forth out of one man as Jesus spoke because he's drawing off the graces of the other offices that you're in covenant with and that you're in like-minded with and the same love with. So an evangelist goes out, it's going to be different than what we see in the church evangelist. They're going to reach souls in the church evangelist, but the apostolic evangelist is going to reach souls and change them because they're pulling off all the grace that's on the home base. All those rivers are coming right to him as he's on that platform. Isn't that cool? So the body will be bright with light, the shining ones, releasing creative forces of light. There's Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walk in spiritual darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. Daniel 12, 3. And the teachers and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness 
to uprightness and to right standing with God shall give forth light, light the stars forever and ever. So they were prophesying you, and we're here. We are the shining ones, but there's no shining until there's a dying. So why isn't most of the church there? How does the enemy have such access to the church, to church people? The answer is in the smallest book in the Bible, which nobody hardly ever reads, is in Jude, verse 6. And angels who did not keep, care for, guard, and hold to their own first place of power, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These he has reserved in custody in eternal chains, bonds under the thick gloom of utter darkness until the judgment and doom of that great day. So listen to this. He didn't cast them into hell. He still has so much love in him because that's all he knows is love. Did he still create a home for them? And it's called a reserve. Now, we talk about reserve, we think of an Indian reservation, where it's a territory that's marked out, where they don't have to abide by any laws. They got their own laws. They do their own thing within those borders. They go outside of those borders, they got to submit to the authorities that are in place. But within those borders, they can do whatever they want. They can travel back and forth and do whatever they want. So heaven is for God. The earth is for the Son of Man. And these angels have been released by Leviathan and rebellion and witchcraft. They've been released to release this into the church. And Leviathan really has the church, most of the church. So God created a reserve for them, a reservation. Now think about this. God made a place for demons called a reserve. He has marked off a place for them to occupy and to operate. Now, wherever there is darkness, God has given demons the permission to operate. So what is darkness? Ignorance. So if you're ignorant to the word of God, I'm talking about the rhema word. The rhema is for change. It's for faith. So darkness is ignorance. So when we're ignorant to the word, God has given these demons permission. If you step into their reserve to travel back and forth to you, wherever you are, wherever you go, they're traveling back and forth. Because I tell people, if anything changes your character from what it was yesterday, then there's a demon involved. Because there's only two characters, the character of God and the character of the enemy. So wherever darkness is, God has given demons permission to travel. And you wonder why, hey, I dealt with that Monday and I was good all week long. And now here's Friday, I'm dealing with the same thing again. He's given them permission to travel back and forth because of this darkness. The soul is producing this darkness and keeping it in place until it's transformed and renewed. When it begins to get transformed and renewed, it's headed in that direction where there's no more darkness. Back and forth. He said the more darkness, the more room for demons to operate in a Christian's life. I never got that when I got saved, especially I got full of the Spirit. I still had demons and didn't know it because my soul was not rescued yet from the influence of the enemy. I went through hell because I had nobody teaching me. I remember a Baptist preacher said, if you got saved, that's all you ever get from God. They mess up a lot of people. So the more light that you let in, the less darkness you're going to have. And that's what this chart's all about. We got to get rid of the darkness. This can only come by revelation. This can only come by fire. This can only come by presence, the glory of God. That's the first fire. So what does the second fire do? It transforms, it equips, and demonstrates. 
as power. So everything that's in the way of power has been cleansed. So everything that's in the way of love has been cleansed because love is your power. So what was the third fire? The gathering of the remnant, the great outpouring, the manifestation of glory, Joel's outpouring. Let's look at Joel 2, 1 through 3. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountain. A people come, great and strong, like whom they have never been, nor will there ever be any such after them. Even for many successive generations, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them is a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Isn't that awesome? We are on the threshold of that. A fire goes before them and devours everything that's not like God. But a flame burns behind them. And a flame, I said, Lord, what does the flame do that's different from the fire? He said, the flame maintains. The fire devours. The flame maintains what's left of God. And that's going to be his presence. So the fire is the manifestation of Jesus. His fire is burning up all flesh so the Father can come. This is the easiest way to pass the test. Give thanks in all things. Do not complain or you just failed the test because you just invited the devil back in when God's trying to get the devil out of the soul. Give thanks in all things. Number two, yield to the fire. Yield to the fire. Let it burn. And lastly, number three, repent. Because if you yield to the fire, you're going to start thinking differently. Fire prepares your heart to hear and obey. And it brings you into his soul rest. The soul has to be at rest so that there can be a manifestation of glory. And nothing, nothing affects you. It's like you're same. you're the same all the time. Rest is a sign that the Lord is with you. When you're not at rest, then he's not with you. That's pretty clear. But the Holy Spirit is. He said, all right, I'm your helper. Let's try it again. So the first fire corrects and sanctifies. The second fire equips and empowers. The third fire is going to be the greatest move of God because the remnants are coming together. It'll be the former and the latter rain, the revealing of the sons of God. 